Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is Friday, March 24th, 2023. I don't dominate. Today's top headline, Paris is burning. This has been going on all week, but we're going to cover it today. Next, the U.S. carrying out airstrikes in Syria, because apparently we have a base there. And finally, Governor DeSantis denies Guantanamo torture. I know a little about that. So we're going to get into all this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. We are in a jungle and we have two big elephants trying to become more and more nervous. If they become very nervous and start war, it will be a big problem for the whole, the rest of the jungle. You need cooperation of a lot of other animals. <laughs> Tigers, monkeys, and so on. Are you on the US or the Chinese side? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see there, there are two orders in this world. This is a huge mistake, even for both the US and China. We need a single global order. A single global order. So Emmanuel Macron, who's no fan of mine since I leaked his emails in 2017, go back and check it out, hashtag MacronLeaks, has a lot of trouble on his hands right now. And the people of France have been rioting throughout the streets like this thing is Les Mis with Antifa going off because apparently the French government is trying to use special constitutional powers to force through an unpopular pension bill without a vote. So he's acting like a king himself, Mr. Macron, Mr. Macron over there in France because he's trying to raise the age of retirement when you would get a pension in France. These riots have been so bad that King Charles has now delayed his state visit to France amid the wave of riots, protests, and violence. So let me read. In Paris, tear gas and water cannons have been fired at protesters and police have been injured. The French government last week announced that it was going to be postponing this. But you look at some of this stuff, the gendarmes burning garbage cans, the protesters being hit. They're saying, oh, it's all just pension reform. It's all great. And this is, by the way, this is the issue uh, that Margaret Thatcher, of course, famously stated. The problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. And that's what's happening in France and even even in places like France. So, so you got to understand Emmanuel Macron, and this came out in the emails that you can go, you, anyone can go read them, by the way, you have to translate it from French. Very, very upset with me. Uh, when I posted this, many people said that I'd be arrested if I ever went back to France. Well, I, I did actually. So, you know, no, not going to happen. So this guy has always been in Emmanuel Macron. He's always been in the back pocket the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the big bankers, he is their man. He is their guy. 
He's always been their guy. He's, you know, I would say the big bankers because he's not exactly the biggest banker himself. He's only about five eight, so ugh, not great. Remember, he was always tied in with the investment banks. What did he work for? Oh, inspector of finances that he left from the government in 2008. He then took a position at Rothschild and Seabank. His first responsibility at Rothschild and Seabank was assisting in the acquisition of Cofidis by Credit Mutuel Nord Europe. He then had this relationship with people uh, who worked at Le Monde. He was using this. Uh, I, again, he's been running through all of these banks all the way up until 2012 when he decided to become uh, decided to be get involved in politics. So when we look at this guy, when we understand that he's instrumental in bringing France along the the path of the World Economic Forum, bringing along Western Europe through the Great Reset, bringing eventually China into into Europe, because they want China to be the manufacturing base. They understand that this is the way the trade is going to go. They have no ability whatsoever, whatsoever to have any actual manufacturing of their own. And so instead of doing anything for the people, what's Macron doing? He's decided to attack them. And keep in mind, these images, and we saw this before with the Gilets jaunes, we saw this, that with the yellow vests, when they were protesting during the lockdowns, the vaccine mandates, we saw it so many times in France. If these images were coming out of Russia, if this was coming out of Moscow, if this was coming out of St. Petersburg, it was coming from Hong Kong, if they were coming from Beijing or Shanghai, the world media would be would be demonizing it. They would be saying, how can you treat your own citizens like this? But because it's France, because it's Macron, because he's one of the good boys, one of the good little boys, we are going to have our own world power here very soon, right? They don't say a word. They have no problem when Macron does it. They have no issue whatsoever because Emmanuel, five foot eight little Manny, He's a good little boy for them. And that's all he is. I mean, you look at some of the violence, you look at some of the insanity that's going on here throughout France. Massive protest, democracy at stake for on France 24. There's actually, and you know, we're not, we are not co-signing any of this, and I don't co-sign any of it. They're burning effigies of Emmanuel Macron there. Because the people of France at the end of the day, don't want to. Sure, the Antifa guys lock them up, obviously. But the people of France don't want socialism. They don't want to be a vassal state of the World Economic Forum and their Chinese paymasters. They don't want this. They don't want to be part of the economic soup of Western capital and the Chinese Communist Party. They want to be a nation state. They want to be France. You go and look at France, one of the great nations of the world. And they understand that they are becoming weaker and weaker. So yeah, you can go sing La Marseille. You can go and eat your baguettes and your escargot. But at the end of the day, you will still be subservient to the Chinese Communist Party and everything that the World Economic Forum institutes as long as you have that regime. Look, every single day you see a new story in the news about someone who is the victim of violent crime. Some of them you think you might be ready to defend yourselves against evil. The truth is you're probably not. 
That's only possible if you train often. But with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket along with gas, getting to the range isn't as easy or affordable as it used to be. Thankfully, there's a better way to train with your firearm in the comfort and privacy of your own home, and it's called iTarget Pro. I love this system. you got to use it. It is revolutionary, develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, so much more. Even better, it costs less than a day at the range. So right now, you can save 10% plus free shipping with promo code POSO. When you go there to iTargetPro.com, get yours, download the iTarget bullet, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. iTarget comes in most calibers from 9mm all the way up to 223, so you can train with almost any firearm. This is the most easy and cost-effective way to train, and it pays for itself in just one day, just one try. iTarget Pro, letter I, targetpro.com, promo code FOSO. It is not appropriate to put Americans at risk. Often our Americans are guarding these oil fields where the Iranians are sending kamikaze drones. And I am shocked that we have not had escalatory accident or even more casualties uh, for our U.S. service members. And so if this is all one big Georgetown School of Foreign Service essay exam about great power competition in Syria, you go tell that to the parents of the Americans who have to sleep tonight in Syria, who have to guard oil fields with Iranian drones coming at them, that they are necessary to preserve the balance of power. That is not true. The Kurds have an opportunity to pave their path. Let's pave ours. And if we're so worried about threats to the homeland, how about we actually focus on our true point of vulnerability, which is not the emergence of some caliphate. It's the fact that terrorists are crossing our southern border on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So that was Matt Gates just a couple of weeks ago, delivering a speech, an impassioned speech, as Matt Gates always does, the floor of the House, demanding that the United States draw down our presence in eastern Syria. Did you know, by the way, that the United States has a base and maintains a base in eastern Syria? Why is it there? What is the purpose of that base? Because we were told originally, initially, oh, it's all about ISIS, it's all about ISIS. Okay, so President Trump goes in and cleans out ISIS. Now there's no more ISIS, or at least not anything meaningful to speak of. So Gates predicted that those troops and the contractors were sitting ducks for anyone in the region who wanted to take a shot at them. And we're told that there was a drone attack that was conducted by Iran or Iranian-backed forces on this base. Killed one American. So, of course, we respond, we retaliate with strikes on their bases back and forth and on and on. The whole thing goes. And guess what? Who just brokered a peace deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia? Oh, right. It was China. Who is now brokering a new peace deal and the restoration of relations between Syria, who's always been, Syria's always been pro-Iran, but between Syria and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, who was also working with the Obama administration in Operation Timber Sycamore to try to overthrow Assad, who is the ruler of Syria, the leader of Syria, whatever you want to call it. Okay? That's also China. China is backstopping all of this. And the United States is essentially being told, what are you doing in our neighborhood? Now, here's here's part of the interesting moral piece of this, right? When you when you want to talk about the moral piece of it, um, not that 
when you're talking about geopolitics that, you know, it's always, of course, Churchill of petrol, right? So in geopolitics, you have to look for the gas and energy. Why is the U.S. there? Because there's oil field, oil fields right there on this. This is the border crossing between Syria and Iraq. And hopefully we can do a map break to explain to people where Al-Tanf is directly on the border, the border crossing between Syria and Iraq. But why is there a U.S. base there, you ask? Why would the U.S. be there? When they say, oh, well, we were welcomed in by uh, some members of the opposition, and therefore it's legal for the United States to be there, not to attack ISIS, but to to prevent um, the opposition from falling. It's like, so we're backing a proxy force and have set up this land in eastern Syria. And yet at the same time that we're doing that, and the Syrian government obviously decries it as illegal, we will turn around and attack Russia for doing the same thing, obviously on a much larger scale, in eastern Ukraine. So it's one of those things where, and, and I make a point to this. I mean, uh, there's, there's a point I'm making here. And I was, I was having the discussion with uh, Libby Emmons earlier. Where we were talking about um, the coverage on this for humanevents.com was the idea is if we are going to sit there and always claim the moral high ground, which is what Biden does, which is what Blinken does, Jake Sullivan, anytime they're out there, if we're going to claim the moral high ground on Ukraine and we're going to say that we're backing Ukraine because they were invaded by Russia, Russia can just turn around and say, well, we back Syria because you invaded them. Do, do you understand that this is a problem? You're, you've actually taken a point where you're trying to act like you are the world police, that you have the moral high ground, whereas Russia points out, or has the ability to point out, I don't know if they have, that you're not there for that purpose, you're there for the purpose of oil. You're there for the purpose of furthering American interest. You don't actually care about the Kurds. You don't care about the homes governate. You don't care about the opposition. You want Kurdistan to exist so that the United States and U.S. energy companies have access to the oil fields in that part of Syria. That's it. That's, that's the entire point. And of course, the U.S. will never just come out and say that. You just will never admit that they'll play these games and say, oh, no, it's 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 because of international norms and it's because of pressures and uh, the rules. No, it's very obvious what happened. Go back and look up Operation Timber Sycamore, a one billion dollar scheme, a covert operation that was conducted. It was originally initially set up by uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Barack Obama signed off on this where moderate jihadis, you might remember that, you might remember that phrase from Senator McCain, and by the way, Rubio and Lindsey Graham and all these guys were in on it as well, the same way they were in on Libya, same way they were in on Ukraine in those days, right around the same time period, where they said that they would arm, fund, and train these moderate jihadists in order to overthrow or affect the overthrow of Assad. Well, guess what? Assad's still there. And the U.S. forces are hanging on, pretending that the United States is still this global empire that has the ability to um, affect change and have influence in the Middle East the way they did throughout the 1980s and 90s. But you know what? It ain't happening. And it's just not going to happen. So what you're seeing now is the United States be pushed out of Syria, be pushed out of Afghanistan, as it was, 
be pushed out of Iraq. And rather than actually come to terms with any of these things, you've got people like Biden that are demanding that our U.S. soldiers, that our troops, that our citizens stay there in harm's way while they're selling them out on the world stage. Well, they are sitting there saying, we're just watching China do all these things. We're watching Iran do this. We're watching all of it happen. And then we act so surprised. We act so surprised when our people get attacked, when our citizens get killed. Well, why was it that Congressman Gates was able to predict that this would happen? Because he's paying attention and we all need to be paying attention. You know something, Biden? You know something, Joe Biden? We're paying very, very close attention to you right now because we understand that you're asleep at the wheel. Folks, make sure that you are subscribing to us on the podcast side. Make sure you're subscribing to Rumble. You need to make sure that you tune in to Human Events Daily every day. One of the things they said was that you authorize the use of force feeding that's some of the- true. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, any of the stuff uh, that people- Just to finish, saying, force okay. feeding the detainees who were on hunger strike. Was that true? So I was a, I was a junior officer. I didn't have authority to authorize anything. Mm. There may have been a commander that would have done feeding if someone was going to die, but that was not something that I would have even had authority to do. So that's, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Force feeding at Guantanamo Bay. Did Ron DeSantis, while he was down at Guantanamo Bay as a lawyer, as a judge, advocate general, authorized the torture? Was Ron DeSantis waterboarding terrorists down at Gitmo? Yeah, that's definitely not going to help him out on a, on a national stage uh, or certainly in a primary. Was he doing this? Was he conducting these violations of human rights, the torture, the abject torture of so many good and, and, and upstanding detainees at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, um, let, let, let me explain what's going on here. So Governor DeSantis, prior to um, obviously running for office, was a Navy lawyer, also known as a JAG. And at one point when he was stationed in Jacksonville, he did some rotations through Guantanamo Bay. It was back like 2006. So I was deployed to Guantanamo Bay six years later in 2012. So my dates were 2012-2013 as uh, working in the interrogation cell as interrogator analyst. So this whole notion of force feeding at Guantanamo is honestly, and 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 by the way, of course, I don't think that's, and he's right, by the way, his, he's, he's answering Pierce's question directly and saying that he didn't authorize this, which is true that as, as a low level officer, like he was, he wouldn't have necessarily authorized any of this, but would he have seen it? Would he have watched it? Because guess what? I have. I have seen the force feeding at Guantanamo Bay. Uh, there were hunger strikes that were going on when I was there, January of 2013. The detainees were very upset that Barack Obama, who had just won his re-election to President of the United States, did not mention Gitmo in his uh, State of the Union. They didn't, he didn't mention it during his, um, you know, like, like anything around the time of him being inaugurated again. And it was an inauguration speech, and they, they basically felt that he lied about shutting down Guantanamo, so they went on hunger strike. And there's a whole deal. Uh, Senator John McCain came down, Senator Dianne Feinstein, um, uh, Dennis McDonough, who was the chief of staff to Barack Obama, all came down, and I'm in the briefing room briefing them. John McCain was a complete douchebag uh, during that. But during this period, at one point, uh, while I was working, doing my job, going in and out of the camps, 
I actually was privy to watching the feeding, the tube feeding of one of the detainees who was force fed. Okay, so here's how it works. In, in the feeding, it's actually not called force feeding. So there's an actual medical unit that is that is stationed at Guantanamo Bay, and it's all trained. It's all trained medics and corpsmen on the Navy side. So it's Army medics, Navy corpsmen. Uh, when I was there, it was Navy, and they would kind of like take off uh, pieces of it. That what it's done is basically a feeding tube. It's a feeding tube. Entral nutrition. You can go in the Mayo Clinic and look this up. This is a basic procedure that is done in hospitals all across the country every single day. If you get in an accident, if you're having surgery, if there's an issue with digestive tract, an issue with your esophagus, an issue with your mouth, any anything to do with uh, the various biological systems or medical problems you could have, medical issues, enteral feeding or tube feeding, I think everybody at coma patients get this. Uh, everybody knows this is something that is done routinely. If you say, well, it's just a feeding tube. Okay, and that's all it is. Okay, that's that's literally all it is. It is a feeding tube that, yes, it is, guess what? It's inserted in your notes. That's right. And it's the same way that's inserted for pretty much every patient who gets one. Why? That's so you don't accidentally bite it, okay? Because people, you move around a little bit, especially if you're in a, a state of unconsciousness, if you're um, anesthetized. So the idea is that, or in this case, because you might want you might not want the feed. So yeah, you might bite the tube. So it goes through the nose, it's lubricated, it's a little, you know, little deal. And then it's like a protein shake and they put a protein shake in and they, they finish when they like one of the little bottles. Um, I got a, I got a jar of Mentos here. It's about, about that size. And they don't, it's not like they chug, you know, they pour it all the way down at once. It's just, you know, a little bit here and there. It's very, very gradual. And I don't recall ever seeing anyone be upset. I never recall, you know, there, nobody was like, they're not like screaming and losing their minds or anything like that. They're basically just sitting there and you can go on the Mayo Clinic's website. You can go on mayoclinic.org and just look up entral nutrition, also known as tube feeding is a way of delivering nutrition directly to your stomach or stall intestine. Your doctor might recommend tube feeding if you can't eat enough to get the nutri nutrients you need. It can also occur, this is such a simple procedure that it can even be something that the doctor just hands you the tube and says, hey, do this at home because you don't even need to do it in the hospital. That's how simple of a treatment it is. They can, you can literally do this over the counter in the safety and comfort. You don't even need a doctor to do it. They can just teach people to do this. And I've, you can go on YouTube and watch, you know, watch videos of like, girls just just doing it. I remember seeing this one video of this girl was like, yeah, I had, I had surgery. I did it. It's really not that bad. Um, you guys are playing it out to be something that it's not because I understand politically, of course, you know, it's, it's very easy to use that. And so the only thing that I would have said differently than Governor DeSantis in that interview with Piers Morgan is to say, well, that's that's, you know, you, you, you said you're trying to make it out that I um, that I authorized torture, but that wasn't torture. It's not. It's simply not. And you got to stand up for when, when someone pushes on you like that, you don't just deny it. You actually have to stand up and say, no, this, um, this isn't what you're saying. It is. I, I completely refuse to accept your frame. I refuse to accept your premise. So don't accept the media's premise. Don't accept the media's frame. And by the way, stand up for what you've done. 
right? Stand up for your own record. Stand up for those of us that came behind you. Stand up for those who came before you and understand this was a simple procedure that, oh, by the way, it kept them alive. It literally kept them alive. The people that you're claiming that we mistreated, the people that you're claiming that, oh, you were part of this mistreatment. No, it actually kept them alive. And by the way, we were ordered to do so by the president of the United States. In my case, that was Barack Obama. So yeah, it was Barack Obama and the White House who said, we don't want people committing suicide in prison on our watch at Guantanamo Bay while you're there. So keep them alive and do what you have to do. So yeah, more than happy to say, guess what? I followed those orders and no, I don't think there's a moral issue with those orders whatsoever. So there's your response media to anybody and feel free, feel free to, to, to check out my, um, and my interview right here, I'd be happy to stand by this. I'll stand by it for the rest of my life. Put me on a lie detector, do whatever you can, but you know what? E-feeding, it's just not force feeding. It's not force feeding and it's not torture. And I'm going to stand up for everybody in the intelligence community and the rest that conducted this procedure and did so in order to defend the national security of the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.